All right, Justin, sing me a song about you doing a very bad impression of me doing this segment. Oh, oh, my name is Sterling, and I want you to sing a song. Sing me a random song. Maybe it's about a bong, but I want you to sing me a song. I'm Sterling. That was a terrible song. You rhymed song with song like 97 times. That's terrible. (laughs) All right, Heather, your turn. Same thing. What was it again? A song about Jason doing a really bad impression of you? Both of you making a mockery of my sing-a-song segment. <laughs> Just buffoonery. Um, <laughs> too late. You take a loss, too. Hold on. No, nope, I nope, had one. Nope. You all take a loss. I make the rules. I thought you I wanted a terrible version of it, though. No, <laughs> I wanted a song about you being terrible at it. Oh, about me being terrible at it. <laughs> yeah, my so segment's fucking to- fantastic. You oh, did so a terrible I was impression to of me. Myself. Yes, you did oh, a terrible okay. impression of me. <laughs> okay, gotcha. Like I said, you you guys with your buffoonery and making a mockery of my sing a song segment, my critically acclaimed, and me being that critic. <laughs> if it makes you feel any better, you Heather, you weren't going to get a W either way. It didn't matter what you would have sang. I had already predetermined you both were going to lose this. Mm. Oh man, the truth is revealed. Hey, it's been a few weeks. It's been a few weeks since I've been able to be on this. So I had to, you know, yeah. I had to get my W's. <laughs> gotcha. There was just no way it's around it. It's good to have you back. I yes. think. That is the, that is the unfortunate <laughs> business of being an actual essential worker and having an outbreak at one of your sites and it making your whole uh, crew short-staffed and doing just a shit ton of overtime. So that is why I've been gone. It wasn't because of anything else. I was just literally too busy actually working to, to do this. And that's also why we were a little late on the episodes. I was, yeah, I worked a lot. So and that's all I'll say. But other than that, guys, oh man, I don't even remember which button does the song. It's been so long. Never mind. I found it. Hey, Cinefans, and welcome back to another episode of the Cinema Slayers podcast. I'm Sterling, and as joined, or see, it's been a long fucking time, I can't even say it. And as always, I am joined by Heather and Justin, and we will be doing an episode about the movie The Lodge, which I know a lot of people didn't get to see in theaters because it came out in like four theaters in the entire fucking world, but it is finally out on like video on demand and iTunes and Google Play and I think Hulu, so... Yeah, now people can watch it. So, and we were able to watch it. So, we're finally doing an episode on it. But first and foremost, I teased on Facebook why that Tenet or Tenet or however the fuck you want to say that movie's name is going to end up being the most important movie of the summer for a very specific reason. And Heather and Justin don't, well, I don't know if they don't know what this is. I haven't told them what it is. So, I'm going to let them do some quick guesses first. We'll start with you, Heather, since I did abruptly cut you off to just give you an L. What, why, why do you think Tenet might end up being the most important movie of the summer? Um, because it's one of the only ones that hasn't changed its date, so it might be one of the only ones out? That's kind of close to it. Not quite. There's a little bit more to it, but that is very, very close. Justin, what about you? 
uh, I was thinking on a similar wavelength. I mean, I wasn't sure about the lineup of movies that are, I guess, going to first try to come out in theaters uh, in, you know, in the aftermath. Well, really, we're still in it of COVID and everything. But if it was one of the first movies to kind of come to theaters uh, during this COVID pandemic and everything, then that'll have a lot of implications on, I'm sure, what other theater companies do. Because if it comes out and it does pretty well and the numbers look pretty good, then, of course, other companies, other people, other film uh, companies will be more brave and probably start releasing their stuff, too. But if it does terrible, then, you know, all these companies are going to have to go to the drawing board and really ask, okay, so what do we want to do? How are we going to move forward? So I think if it's something like that, that would make it one of the most important films. You are also just pretty much right on the right track also. So with it, okay, it's it's keeping its July 17th release date and it's a $200 million movie. So. You're looking at 400 to 500 million dollars for it to then start, you know, making a profit essentially. And they're kind of going to they're going to use it as a barometer on whether or not they're going to release any other big budget movies this summer, because the thought is by July 17th, most of the country will be opened up, even if there is social distancing and all this other stuff. And movie theaters should be open by then. And even with uh, capacity limits on movie theaters. The thing is, is it's whether or not Tenet makes money because it's going to be the first blockbuster essentially we're really going to get this year. And so, yeah, the, and so the thought is if it does not do good with the measures that are in place, they might shelve every other big release for this year till December at the earliest. Wow. Yeah. No pressure. Exactly. They're really kind of going to use it as a barometer on whether or not the idea of big budget movies and movie theaters is a viable thing still right now. Um, I know there are some places where movie theaters are opening back up. There are some places where drive-ins are going to be the one or are actually opening because that's the easiest way to social distance and still do movies and stuff like that. But with the added pressure of capacity limits on actual theaters, are you going to end up having to net in, you know, 10 theaters, you know, or are you going to have to put it in so many of the theaters just to get it to do anything, you know, just to actually be able to get enough people to see it. Or they're just not going to be enough people willing to try it right now. You know, there's all those aspects of it that are up in the air. And with a lot of that stuff, yeah, it's going to be the barometer on whether or not we're going to get really movies this year or not. Because while Trolls and, and, and Scooby-Doo and things like that have had some uh, success releasing straight to customers instead of going to theaters, um, with, you know... Uh, Trolls and a handful of other movies by Universal. Uh, they did just $20 rentals through online platforms and they made a, a substantial amount of money doing it that way. And they actually made more money doing it that way than they typically would in a theater release. Um, just because hmm. the the shares that go to distributors and the, the theater chains themselves and stuff like that, that wasn't taken out of their money. It was just a smaller percentage that would go to Apple or your cable provider or Google, whoever, you know, however you uh, rented the film, a smaller percentage would go to them and they got just more straight direct money to them. And none of them actually, none of those movies were what you would consider, what would have been considered a box office success. They did not sell enough rentals 
to completely counteract the loss of just the loss of sheer box office. But it was still a promising turn, though. That's why you're still not going to get like I know a lot of people were like, oh, well, maybe Mulan or something might go to Disney Plus there. They would just never make any other money back on that. The, the, the amount of new subscribers they would get just for Mulan would not be enough to counteract it, counteract it actually going into a theater. So, yeah, it's kind of like a mixed bag with some of that. You know, it works with kids movies, especially during times like this when there's no school and stuff like that. Kids movies, yeah, that kind of works, releasing them direct to consumer like this. But your in general audience that would see movies and stuff like that, they're not all willing to spend 20 bucks just to rent the movie for two days. Whereas even though, yes, going to the movie theater can be just as expensive as that, at least you can get some popcorn, a bigger screen, you know, all the amenities that a theater provides to you. But yes, Tenet will be possibly, yes, the most important movie of this year, just on that alone. Because it might, even if it, even if it fails, that means it's pretty much the, the only big movie we got this year, if it fails. <laughs> and that's insane. So That is. And it's just crazy how we were having um, that conversation a few episodes ago about streaming and the possibilities of movies changing the way that they do things and stuff like that. And it was funny because we were talking about streaming, but... Who would have ever thought that something like this might actually change the way that they do movies for a while? Like, uh, you know, who could have just I mean, just who would have thought that we might see movies changing? (laughs) Well, really, there already is a big change because there aren't any available. And like, you know, like with Scooby, the release of that and everything. But I mean, it's just crazy that we were talking about that. And now. We might actually be in the midst of it for a completely different reason that, you know, you just couldn't possibly see coming, but just thought that was interesting. And then to kind of go full circle back to this movie that we're going to talk about today, The Lodge, I was really surprised it took as long as it did for it to come out on video on demand. It was such a small theatrical release, like what, a month and a half before everything started getting locked down. So it had plenty of time to go wider if it was going to. It, it wasn't. Obviously, they weren't going to go wider with it. So why did it take till now for it to fucking come out? <laughs> like, holy fuck, that was forever for it to finally show up to where other people could watch it. Like, what sense did that make? Like, at that point, fuck it, throw it up online. You would have, like in the beginning stages of all this, you would have had way more like a way bigger opportunity of random people going, you know what? I want to see that movie than now when things are opening up again. People are going back to work. People are starting to have less time now. And now you want to release it? Weird, weird marketing people. Yeah. I feel like that's the same marketing people as as, uh, Edge of Tomorrow, where they were just like, oh, let's change the name for the DVD release because that'll mean people will actually watch it now. What? What did they change that to again? Live, Die, Repeat, which was the tagline Mm. of Edge of Tomorrow when it first came out. And I know I've talked about it before on the podcast. I think that is the biggest mismarketed movie ever i mean it it might be up there with hereditary because the marketing for hereditary was awful and it's just because they pumped it up too much you don't fucking put the the random like crazy ass motherfucker that said the scariest movie since the exorcist why do you put that up there (laughs) i know it sounds good but god you set the bar way too high or what was it the you know like or the marketing with avengers endgame where they made it seem like it was going to be a good movie or something fucking bullshit Oh, my. 
Yeah, I'm taking shots. It's been a minute. Got a lot of pent up aggression that I've been able to get out. And we're going to see if we're going to see if the lodge is going to be my whipping boy for this one. So anyway, let's get into it. We're going to talk about what we like, didn't like and everything in between with the movie The Lodge. We are going to go spoiler free first, give our recommendations, and then we'll go into spoilers. Some good old spoily spoilers. We'll start with you again, Heather, because I do feel bad because I really just you you were like you sounded really proud of yourself that you thought of a song. And I was I, just, I was very proud of it. And I was just I was going to attack it no matter what. So I feel I do mm-hmm. feel a little bad. I feel a little guilty. So you'll get another little reprieve, reprieve here. So, uh, Heather, what in a non-spoilery fashion did you think about the movie The Lodge? Um, it's it's really this one's kind of hard to put in words because there were a lot of different mixed feelings about it. Honestly, um, I think it was beautifully shot and the acting was really great. I think it was um, I don't know if misleading would be the right word, but just kind of unexpected what it actually what the story actually ended up being more about than what it seems like it's going to be about. So it is, um, it's, it's not bad. It's, I wanted to like it more than I did. I will say that much about it, but it had some really good elements to it. And it, um, it's, it's paced pretty well, I would say. And I think that how they kind of start to try and tie everything in that they show in the film. They do, they do kind of tie it in together pretty well for the most part. There were some big things in it that I feel like could have been done better or differently, but overall it was, I wouldn't say it was a great movie. Honestly, I would say it's a fine movie. Like it's okay. Um, Probably a little bit better than just like a middle of the road type of movie, but not much more than that. That's just me. But it is it does have some good elements that I did like about it. And it was very intriguing. So I will give it that much. Um, It was it was fine. It was it was fine to watch once for me. Justin, what about you? Uh, Yeah. um, Just to talk about some, I guess, some non spoilery like things. Uh, I agree with Heather. The 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 shooting in this was uh w- was very good um it it definitely has a creepy atmosphere um it definitely knew how to um how to shoot certain characters how to do certain things to where it, it really maximized the the effect of where they were because the, the the place where most of the three characters are and that's where most of the conflict happens and everything happens it did a really good job of utilizing that to the fullest to really tell a very creepy very scary story so i so i will give it that um some of the shots especially where the camera focuses um where the camera kind of is a little bit of a ways out from its characters and there's always a character in the middle and it's kind of focusing on what's going on in the center of the shot kind of reminded me a little bit of Gretel and Hansel but it was done better here I thought with some of those shots and some of those things it tried to do um and that's and that's actually kind of where I land with this movie a lot it borrows from a lot of other horror films it it really does i saw some hereditary in this film i saw some 
you know, there are just elements that you will recognize from other horror movies in in this film that, you know, you probably could argue are better in some ways than this one. But uh, but the strengths are definitely in the acting. I thought that uh, Riley is that uh, is it Cole? I hope I'm saying her name right. Q Cole. Um, but but she and the, the person that Keo. Oh, OK. Wow. Keo. Riley Keo, who plays Grace, she was great in this. And really, it was a performance that I think carries the movie. But the but the kids in this were not too shabby. Uh, I thought that Jaden Martell, who plays Aiden in this, he really brought it. And then the little sister, uh, Leah who plays Mia in this, I thought that they were, the, the brother and sister, they were good in this too. And that really is the crux of the film. Really, a lot of it depends on those three actors. They were asked to do a lot here. And I think that you stay with this movie because it is a slow burn. It's one of those slow burn type of horror movies. So, it's not going to be everybody's cup of tea. You know, I, I, it's not fast paced. It's not really that. And it's one of those you got to piece it together and there's imagery and you got to figure it out. So and the ending, uh, uh, which we'll, I'm sure we're, we're going to get into it, but I won't say too much about it here. But I don't know if it's an ending that is going to grasp. A lot of people, you know, I think certain people will like this. Certain people will definitely get a kick out of this. But I don't know if this is one that's really going to grab like a wide audience of people. But uh, overall, um, I wasn't bored with it. I think there are some interesting ideas presented here. And like I said, the acting and the shooting is really good. And and that uh, so overall, I liked it more than I didn't like it. I feel like this movie was the movie. You know what? I actually can't say that as I was in the middle of saying it. And I'm like, that might actually give away a little bit of this movie. So I'm going to hold on to that statement. Circle back in the spoiler section to hear what it is. But for me, this movie had, I felt like it had a lot of pacing issues. I think it could have been a good solid 15 minutes shorter. And with that, I mean, my, my issues with it were like, there were times when it was like trying to build tension. And sometimes I felt like it lingered a little too much for the tension to last. And or there were times it would do these weird jump cuts that would then dissolve the tension that was building. So for me, it just it felt very uneven. Uh, I, I do agree with, uh, you know, you guys, I, I think the acting was great. And I think some of the the visuals were really nice. But I will say this without trying to spoil too much here. You really 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 stretch a big part of of like suspending your belief with this movie because you know some movies yes you can just suspend it and the movie's fine i mean Jurassic Park you can just suspend your you know belief for a little bit you know obviously it's not real and just go with it and it's fine it's fucking great i love Jurassic Park and then there are the movies that really try to set them up or set themselves up as very real and I felt like this movie was trying to do that. Well, while having some suspenseful or, you know, your typical thematic core elements. And I don't want to say what more because I feel like it's very hard to say something that that without spoiling some stuff. But, you know, those type of traditional horror elements that you do get in movies that you do allow for a, a suspension of one's belief, like a Freddy Krueger 
Nobody's actually thinking that Freddy Krueger is coming alive and killing people in their dreams. But this movie's trying to present itself as more grounded. And I'm not talking about from the trailers, I'm talking about from the movie itself. It's trying to be a little bit more grounded. And in doing so, I feel like you're really having to stretch what is believable to the degree that narratively speaking, it made me feel uneasy and not necessarily in a good way. Uneasy in a horror movie can be a positive. One of the movies that you guys talked a lot about in the endings uh, podcast, uh, like the movie Saw. The Saw franchise is very good at making people feel uneasy with its essentially torture porn aspects. But that's that good, cringy, like uneasiness that you want in a horror movie like that. You want to feel uneasy in that. And that's in a good way. This one made me feel uneasy in a, I'm not enjoying this because it's just not right way. And you're, and I know it's, I, I'm being especially incredibly vague with a lot of that stuff because I'm trying to find ways to say exactly how I feel without saying exactly what caused these fucking like feelings in me. But yes, if you're really curious and I hope you are, and I hope you've seen this movie or don't care. And you just want to listen to the spoilers anyway, because I'm, I really am going to break that down a lot more with that. But I will say that this is in the vein of horror that it is, it is better than a lot of what we've gotten this year, especially thus far when it comes to stuff like that. Uh, I, I thought it was better than Gretel and Hansel, which is still very weird to say, just fucking call it Hansel and Gretel. Like it's been called for a billion years. It's better than The Turning. It's better than Fantasy Island. It's better than... What's what's another horror movie that came out this year? It's not better than Invisible Man. It's not. No. Um, but the others, I agree with. Yeah, it was yeah, better it's, than it's, all it's, of it's those better than all those. It's better than all of them combined. Let's be real. Um, I mean, Hansel and Gretel was the most just in the middle movie ever. And The Turning is just fucking garbage. Um, and it's... This one, at least, it knew where it was going. I, I think it got to the end it wanted to get to. And it did so in a, in a more effective way than like Gretel and Hansel. I think that movie did end the way it was supposed to. It's just, it was just so fucking boring and in the middle the whole fucking way. This one at least took some chances, I'll say that. And some of them paid off and some of them didn't, which is fine. You know, it's not the worst thing in the world if you take a chance in a movie and it fails. It does if your entire movie's a chance and just never goes anywhere. But I think in this instance, they, they took some chances. Some of them worked, some of them didn't. And, you know, for that, I'll, I'll, I'll give it credit. Because I think it was at least slightly more ambitious than some of the other horror movies we've been getting lately. So, kudos to this movie for doing that. Um, let's do our uh, recommendations and whatnot. Justin, do you recommend this movie and what's your score? Uh... Um, it, I would recommend it for people, but but there's gonna but there's certain people like I think that if you're one of those people who you kind of like these types of films, if you liked um, Hereditary, if you liked, I'll even throw <laughs> I might even throw Midsummer in there, but, but because it's on a similar wavelength of this type of movie where it's infinitely they, better than both of them. <laughs> well, there you go. But if you like, but what I mean is like, it's one of those slow burn type of horror films. So the, you're not going to get it. It's not going to be something that's fast paced. This is not about, um, 
uh, trying to give you a bunch of scares a minute. This isn't about cheap jump scares or anything like that. It's more of a spooky-ish, almost in some ways felt more like a ghost story than it did like more like than your traditional horror. So I think if that's your thing, if you like that kind of stuff, if you like that kind of visual imagery, you'll probably be alone along for the ride for this. I think that if that's if that's your kind of movie, you will like this. If you're looking for something faster, more exciting, like A Quiet Place, then you may hate this movie. But But either way, I think it's good enough and worth a shot to give a try. So I will recommend it on that note. And uh, I'm going uh, just above, uh, uh, I'll go above 50 because it's not half. I think that's unfair. I'll give it a 60. We'll go with a 60. I think that's fair. It's more positive than negative. And I enjoyed it more than I hated it. So yeah, we'll go with uh 60 stories of salvation dressed up in a horror movie out of a hundred. Heather, what about you? I agree with Justin in that it is more of a drama with horror elements than it is a horror or scary movie. Um, It's definitely more of a, I don't know, maybe psychological thriller, but just more of like a movie where you have to kind of think about it a little bit more and, want a little bit more of that um more than just the jump scares you're, you're gonna want that if, if you want that you're gonna like the movie i do think it is worth a watch um and it is interesting too because like when you talked about the pacing of it and thinking about it i'm like yeah you are right it does kind of linger in places and stuff but um so i might discuss that a little bit more and how you know maybe Maybe I changed my mind on that one halfway through, but uh, um, either way, it is, um, it's very artistic and it's got a lot of really great visuals and it's a beautifully shot movie and it is, it's different. I will give it that it is different and it's unique Um, and I think it is definitely worth seeing at least once. yeah. And for me, like I said, it's just, it's fine. It's not something I would call a great movie necessarily in any aspect, but it's, it's fine. It's okay. You know, I'm not like bummed out that I saw it, <laughs> you know? Um, it, and you know, like you guys were saying, it's, it is better than a lot of the movies that we've had come out that are in, you know, the horror category this past year. Um, I'll give it probably a 65, um, objects hidden in the snow out of a hundred. I should have let you, I, I'll say this. I should have let you finish your sentence, Justin. I actually do agree in the realm of what you would call maybe a psychological horror film, like a hereditary or a midsummer. I do think that, that this movie is in that vein. Um, it's infinitely more effective because it did something where those two movies didn't do anything. So I, I'll give it that. Um, it very much is. It's it's a psychological horror film. It's one of those movies where it's it's building tension and it's building scares through keeping the audience in the dark about what is actually going on, which is it, it does it in a very good way. Um, if you just want a slight comparison, think of the movie uh, The Others. Not as good as The Others, but it's a lot like The Others in that in that type of realm. And as as far as recommending this movie, I wouldn't. I, my big suggestion for watching this movie 
is making sure you watch it in a dark room. And it's not because it's like, ooh, set the mood for the scares. No, there's just a lot of dark shots. And it just helps if the lights are dimmed to actually be able to see what the fuck's going on on the screen. Very much like the Battle of Winterfell episode from the last season of Game of Thrones. Just very, very darkly shot scenes. And I'm not saying the whole movie is like that. There are tons of, there are some shots out in the snow. And I mean, you can clearly see everything. But there are times that this movie is very dark. So I would just suggest watching it in a dark room. Or you might miss some stuff. You know, just because of the way uh, light would reflect off the screen. That's my big suggestion if you're going to watch this movie. Uh, I mean, this is definitely one of those movies where if you like a psychological horror film that, like Justin said, is a slow burn and everything like that, then yeah, watch this movie. If you like your horror more fast-paced or maybe more gory or more uh, uh, maybe specific would be a good term to use. Like if you like a slasher, like if you want a monster or you know what I mean? If you want something very specific Mm -hmm. to latch on, to your horror viewing. Yeah, this might, movie might not be your cup of tea. But I, I think it's, it's very just, it's very okay. It's a very okay movie. I'm, I'm kind of right there with you guys as far as my score goes. Um, I'll, I'll, you know, I'll split the difference between two. 62 dog popsicles out of 100. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so let's, let's get into spoilers, guys. Spoilers, spoilers, spoilers. Um... Yeah, holy fucking convenience, Batman. Like, how convenient were, like, or, like, just how much convenience did these kids have for their fucking plan to go through? Holy shit. Yeah. Like, they sure lucked out that she's the deepest sleeper in the world, apparently. That they were able to move everything in the house out. They were incredibly convenient, or they were incredibly lucky and it was convenient that... She didn't just freeze to death in the snow when she was walking around anyway. Um, like, how the fuck was like that girl's like saying, oh, I was talking to dad too much. How did no one hear her? And then the one time that they you maybe they did hear her and all this other stuff. She was magically able to turn her phone off that fast. I have never been able to turn an iPhone off that fast ever. It's physically impossible. But somehow she's literally to go able to go from talking and half a second later, her phone is completely dead and unable to turn back on. What the fuck? Like, that's what I was when I was talking earlier about. It really stretches the boundaries of how much you're able to suspend your belief in this movie. Because they're trying to set it up kind of like maybe it is a ghost story, all this other stuff. And I get that. And that's where it's easy to suspend your belief in this movie. You know, maybe it is a ghost. You don't know at the time. Maybe it's a ghost. But then once they more or less tell you, nope. This is just fuckery from the kids. You're just like, everything was just way too damn convenient. Every single aspect of this was just way too convenient. And also, like, how fucked up are these children? Mm -hmm. They are taking medication away from a mentally ill person. They're faking suicides to then say they're faking or to say that they're dead. They're printing out obituaries. Like, these are crazy ass motherfuckers. Like, severely. Like, I kind of feel like that is just like a young couple of serial killers coming. Like, I mean, whether or not they stay alive, because, you know, for all we know, they actually die in the end of the movie. But like, holy fuck, that's just all, everything about this movie was just really kind of fucked up. And it it wasn't that satisfying level of fucked up. Like, once you realize it's it, once you fully realize that it's the kids doing all this shit, I'm just kind of sitting there going, ew, like in no way, shape or form. 
like, I don't want to say you want the kids to win, but once it gets to that point, you then kind of, it makes it very hard for you. Like, you don't want anything bad to happen to the kids, but you don't want like everything to be okay. And the kids just be you know, like, just, Oh, you're we're, not rooting for them. Yeah. Like you don't want them to die, but you just, doesn't. you just, yeah, you're not rooting for them. And it was just, it, like I said, it made me feel things like uneasy and just not a good kind of horror way with a lot of that stuff. I mean, how are they able to keep, I mean, their phones and like their phones alone were like lasting two days because they killed all the power in the house. I mean, oh, I don't know. It was just all that stuff was just severely weird. And like, I don't know. I just, I don't feel like, and I'm not, I'm not saying that no kid would feel this way, but I'm like, I just, with the whole, like the mom committing suicide very early in the movie, the the original mom, which that, that honestly caught me off guard a little bit. I'm like, Oh, you have Alicia Silverstone. And then she shoots herself in the head within the first, what minute of the movie. I'm like, fuck. And then I was very Like I found it very hard to understand why they needed that aspect of the story why the mom needed to commit suicide and why the kids needed to be like blaming the, the new woman for that for a big chunk of this movie, you know? And even then, I mean, is he, is this guy such a shitty dad that he never like sat down his kids to like really talk to them about the fact that their mother committed suicide because like, you know, Mm -hmm. when everything is going bad and they're like, we did this for mom. Like, did you not anything like, did you just not even talk to your kids? Holy fuck. Are they, they're, they're that far out of bounds that like, what did he do? Did like, was, did the mom kill herself on Halloween? And then that, that first scene in the movie, whenever the dad's telling them, Oh, they want to go to the cabin for Christmas, that Thanksgiving. Was that literally the Thanksgiving after the mom killing herself on Halloween? Was it that close? I think so. I, I mean, I, I don't think know. so. I, I'm just saying like, it's were the events that close to each other that the dad's just like not giving a fuck. Like, holy shit. It's just like some of these things, it's just narratively, I didn't feel like they really cohesiveness them together. Um, What I was going to say, though, at the beginning of my uh, non-spoilery segment was this was I felt like this was the movie The Turning wanted to be that. Is it real? Mm -hmm. Is it not real? Or is it, you know, is it mental illness? Is it not mental illness? Like that whole thing that The Turning wanted to do and wanted their movie to be. I think that that's what this movie, this movie was that. I can see that. Like, I'm not necessarily saying it's like great for it, but I'm just saying that like, I felt like, I feel like that that's what the turning was actually going for. And I think that this movie actually did a better job of doing that at least. Cause when you really is up in the air and you don't know, is it, you know, is it a paranormal thing? Is it this or that? Or is, you know, what is going on specifically with it? I think it handled those elements way better. And it at least kind of j- helped justify itself in the end with some of that stuff. Whereas like the turning was just like, Oh no, this is ghost motherfucker. This is totally ghost. This is nothing but ghost. There's no other way. It could be anything but ghost. Oh yeah. She's crazy. Bam. End. like this movie at least didn't do that with all this, but I just felt like everything with the kids plan and everything like that. Like also did they map out the plan in that dollhouse? Like, holy fuck. That was also crazy. Like that they were mapping out, I guess the plan in that dollhouse also oh, yeah. super weird, but yeah, I don't know. I just, <sighs> A lot of the elements of what made their plan successful just didn't actually click with what I think would be reasonable in this movie. You know, it's just I felt like that little girl would have broke if that was really their plan. They were like, oh, they were just going to drive her crazy a little bit to, you know, fuck with her for, you know, their mom committing suicide and all this other shit. I think that 
if that was really the case, I think that girl would have broke before that with like, why weren't they scared earlier when that woman was standing over that kid's bed with a gun and completely like comatose on her feet? Like, why did that not scare them enough to go? Holy fuck. This plan is going too far at that point. She was standing there straight with a gun and they were just like, nope, we've got, you know, this plan can go further. Like, what the fuck? I don't know. I'll think of some more things to say. Uh, Justin, your turn. Go. Uh, yeah. Um, I just think that with, um, with, with some of these elements, I mean, at first, um, I felt like the, 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 the movie had you right where it needed to have you. I thought at first, I thought that I was, it, 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 it invested me, um, at, at the beginning of the movie, I thought, um, when that happened with Alicia Silverstone, I was caught off guard by that suicide as well um, and, and everything with that. And they did enough for you to show that it was a reaction to the fact that the that the husband said that he was, you know, he wanted to finalize the divorce because the person who he was in love with now, he's good. Grace, he's going to marry her and everything. So, so I think, but that was shocking when she killed herself. And then you see the kids crying and everything and all that stuff. So, I mean, at first I thought that they, they, they did a a good job, at least establishing that. Yeah. You at least felt, I, I at least felt bad for the kids and was like, damn, Dude, that's kind of messed up. And then when they were playing the videos and it shows this woman in this cult and doing all these crazy things and all these people committed suicide except her, you know, all of that was a little weird. So I think they they did a good job of setting it up to where it was going to be like, oh, man, it's going to be these kids against this crazy woman. That's kind of the story that you're used to. So I think they were trying to play on those preconceived notions because it just seemed like that's what you were going to get with this film. And then I get the idea of turning that idea on its head and being like, nope, it's actually these kids with the plan and they are taking advantage of this woman's trauma and all that kind of stuff like that. Uh, So I get it. You know, I appreciate the idea, but like you said, it was just the execution of some things like I said the same thing about the cell phone I was like how did she get that off that quickly it is not the easy to turn off a cell phone like that it takes time it has to load and then it shuts off and ask you are you sure you know most phones it's just not that quick not with somebody right in front of you walking two steps before you get there and bam you cut it off like I mean there's the call would have had to have ended I mean you know just a lot would have had to have happened there to cut off that phone and then like all of the tools that they had at their disposal in this house. I mean, they just like the harness that he used to, that, that the um, son used to Aiden used to pretend to be hanging himself and all of that. Like, man, they just had uh, a lot of equipment and things at their disposal to make this work. And I think that they drugged grace. I think that whenever he made that drink for her and he was like, I made this drink for you. I think that was a drink that knocked her out long enough for them to collect the items and things like that. But what was that? I don't know what it was or was it 
pills, other pills that they got, or maybe there was... How did they know how uh, to do that? <laughs> yeah, how did they know how to do that? Like, these kids just, I mean, these were some Macaulay Culkin-ass kids with just how well they crafted, you know, uh, uh, all of this stuff. And, and I get what you say about the little sister, because the little sister seemed like she was kind of... Uh, a, a believer like with the whole thing about how when she was crying and she was saying mommy will never go to heaven because she committed suicide so she seemed like she was a little on the religious side and I don't know so I get your argument of would this girl gone with this idea and once it got kind of scary like you said with the gun thing and everything like that would they have kept with this idea and ultimately what was the end game was the end game just to drive her crazy in hopes of dad breaking up with her I mean I, I'm, I'm assuming that's what the end game was but it never really says that I, I'm just kind of assuming but I didn't really know what the end game was for the kids or it, you know, it's it's I guess maybe they thought that was implied, but, you know, it would have just have been nice to have known that. Uh, but um, so, yeah, I, I do get that. Once you find out that this is all a plan by the kids, it, it, there was just quite a bit that these kids would have had to have concocted and all of this stuff. And having that kind of deep rooted hatred for her, uh, I, I mean, I could I guess I could get the kids blaming her a little bit and being like, you know, you stole our dad from our mom, but you would think that they would also resent the dad too a little bit more. Like, I don't know. I feel like maybe they would, they should have resented both of them and not just her that, that all just kind of fell on her so that we could have a plot. But so, so yeah, the, the, there were just things where, like you said, you have to really stretch the suspension of belief to kind of uh, follow this film. And then when you get to the end and it's sort of like Grace sort of embraces this idea that we are in purgatory and she does need to repent for past sins and all of this kind of stuff, which oddly I have a theory about this, that this is like a, I feel like this is a, this is a film about a person who kind of, it was a believer, but then as a non-believer, and oddly enough, it's about the path back to becoming a believer, but it's sort of dressed in a horror movie because that's kind of what happens. And then the father being the non-believer, he winds up being killed. And then at the end, you kind of have all these people kind of singing this song about being closer to God when that's not really how the characters started. So I, I do think there's something there with that. But uh, this ending where, you know, it, you kind of have it kind of end on this. I mean, it's not really a good ending. I guess you could, it's not really ambiguous either. I mean, it's pretty much implied that she probably kills them and then kills herself like her old cult ritual uh, went. But like I said, I just don't know if after you get... Uh, through this story and you get to the end of it, I just don't know if that's an ending where 
most audience members are going to walk out going, oh man, I really enjoyed that and what a great ending that was. This just seems like one of those where you kind of just go, damn, and kind of shrug your shoulders and walk out. So even though the ending is effective for what this film is, I just don't know if that ending is an impact is impactful enough to really make the dent that this movie would need to make to get it over the hump. So it just kind of winds up being above average in that regard. No, I, I, I get some of that. I did. I didn't. For, I slightly forgot about the whole, you know, oh, here's the drink, you know, thing that that's why she slept through all that. That's very, very reasonable and possible. It's just, I guess I didn't think that because, like, where the fuck are kids getting those drugs? I mean, the information on how to do it, I would get because it's the internet. You can look up on the internet how to do it, but where are they getting it from, you know? But then, because, like, you can't just get any type of, like, sleeping stuff and all this other stuff because, for all they know, they could have just, like, she could have had an allergic reaction to something and killed her. Like, it's just, like, these kids were, like you said, it was this weird psychological you know we hate you so we don't have an end game of how we're going to torture you but we're going to psychologically torture you like home alone shit it really was it was home alone shit they were sitting there planning it and figuring out how they were going to fuck this woman up but also like what you were talking it made me think of one other thing is like also with this dad like why the fuck is he leaving this woman with his kids like yeah the the first (laughs) yeah time they meet each other fuck off dude yeah, that's a bad call. Like, the only people that had been at that house before were his kids. She had never been there. And you're out alone in the frozen fucking tundra of, I don't know, wherever that miscellaneous tundra was that that, you know, cabin, lived, or that lodge is at. And you're just like, yep, it's perfectly safe to just keep these, you know, to leave them here all by themselves because we don't have a weather app on our smartphones and we can't tell that a fucking blizzard is coming like everything about that i'm just like it was a bad idea to begin with like the place where apparently you have a ton of memories with your kids and you want to bring this woman there the first time they're meeting their kids and then leave them alone everything about the dad's plan was garbage so if the dad is that terrible at making fucking plans and ideas how the fuck are his kids the exact opposite and fucking geniuses at it (laughs) man now i'm not liking this movie more Heather, your turn to go. <laughs> I mean, and that's an interesting perspective that you give, Jason, on your theory. Um, I actually, I mean, I didn't really see that aspect of it. It's definitely a possibility that um, I just didn't take it that way. My take on that was more like, like maybe that ending was showing like her, her going back to her old habits of what she was doing when she was in the cult, uh, not necessarily coming back to her faith, but more just because of how they brainwashed her just like the cult did. So she was just kind of getting back into old habits of what she would do when she had been in a situation before where she was brainwashed and gaslighted and things like that. And um, pretty much just because of all of that being triggered back in her mind that she was thinking these people need to suffer the same fate as what happened to my cult. I don't know if that's right. That's just kind of how I took it. Um, but I mean, I guess that's kind of the cool thing about this movie is that you can kind of bring it up to a couple of different interpretations. Um, but yeah, I mean, a couple of things I did really like, I will say I really enjoyed the brother sister dynamic. Um, 
Jaden Martell, I I mean, I've seen him in a lot of stuff recently. He's very, very talented. He's a very good actor. Um, the way that he played that big brother role where he was, you know, he was trying to be like comforting to his little sister, trying to just make sure that she was okay, even in really terrifying moments he was always just trying to make sure she was okay and you know would stay the night with her when she was sad and all these things but also that's what made the sister I think so impressionable um to what this plan was because I have no doubt that it was totally his plan and he just kind of got the sister along with it because she's like yeah big brother of course let's do it you know (laughs) like I feel like that's kind of how that went down um but I just I do like their dynamic like you could tell they were close and that um you know they really cared about each other and wanted to protect each other and keep each other safe in the situations that they were in um and I also liked the um I I liked the choice the casting choice that they made to make Grace look so similar to their mom um, she looks like a very young version of Alicia Silverstone. And I think that that was very smart of them to do because maybe that sort of is some stuff that triggered things for the kids or something and why they maybe got so mad because they just felt like, so my dad's basically getting with somebody who is my mom, but younger. And, you know, so I don't know. I just kind of liked that they did that. And I also, um, I really liked the idea that she was in a cult and a survivor of it. I love that element. I think that's super interesting. And I think that that should have played a bigger role in the movie. Like it definitely played a a huge role, but I really just thought they were going to do more with that or kind of maybe, I don't know. I I feel like that was just going to play maybe a different role or more than one part in it. I don't know. I just, I expected something different to come from that being her background. Um, but it was still a very interesting element and it definitely explains why she was so easily gaslighted and thinking like, you know, she, she, she was basically going crazy. And I mean, when you have that background and that situation you've had before, it's easy to see why it was, um, why she was such an easy target for that. But, um, I mean, that being said though, like (laughs) these kids were deeply disturbed. They did a lot of disturbing things. They were, it was awful what they did. Like they took that gaslighting to the extreme and it was like, they definitely should have stopped like way, way, way before they did. And, um, Like, and I kind of just feel like if they were smart enough to come up with that plan to begin with, and like they had researched her and know her background, they should have been smart enough to know that like she could have actually had a mental break and snapped and taken it in a really bad way. You know, like, I feel like that should have been something that they had to have considered or should have taken more seriously because of her background and knowing that about her. And I'm like you had to see that being a possibility. You know, if you were smart enough to come up with this, you should have been smart enough to think that that could have been an outcome, you know, but, um, it's definitely different. Like the, I, and Sterling, I get what you mean about them, like just how unsettling it is because just the idea of those kids doing that to the point that they did in general is so like messed up. 
but you're right. It wasn't like a, the payoff wasn't great for it though. It wasn't like a, oh my gosh, I can't believe it. Like the others was like you were saying like, oh, that's what that is. It was very much a, oh, that's really disturbing, but also I don't like it, (laughs) you know? And that's kind of the feeling I got from it too, which is why I said at the beginning, like I really wanted to like this movie more than I did. Um, And that is a huge element of that. Like, it's definitely an interesting thing to put in the movie. And it definitely made it different and unique that that was kind of what the movie became about and what it, the heart of it kind of was, was trying to make her think that she was crazy and going so far as to like get recordings of the old cult leader playing in the attic and things like that. Like that is extreme. And I feel like this definitely would have taken a lot more work and time than they actually had to do it. But, um, but yeah. And so I just think, I think like my, my biggest disappointment with it, honestly, is just the fact that they didn't use the cult thing for more than what they did. And also the dad being not a good parent, (laughs) because you're right. Like all those things I was thinking, I'm like, they just met this lady, you know, her background as well, but you also know they don't like her. Like you could not have seen this going well, you know, (laughs) and they just went through this huge trauma, yet you're still going to tell them, I don't care what you want. We're going to this cabin and I'm still going to marry this lady. Like talk about huge life changes for two kids when they just had a huge tragedy happen. Just not good choices from him either. So (laughs) I don't know. Um, so yeah, there's, there's some really good elements to it. And honestly, the acting really is just so good. I really do think the acting is amazing. Grace, uh, Riley Keough, she was wonderful. She did a, she really did make this movie as good as it was because her performance was great. And the kids were also really, really great. So I, I just think, and you know, it's a very small cast of people. There's not a lot of people in this movie. I actually wish that they also would have used Alicia Silverstone more. Like I thought she was going to come back later in either like flashbacks or maybe she was going to be like the dead version of herself haunting the house or something. I don't know. And they didn't really use Alicia Silverstone to the extent that they should have either. But, um, but yeah, I think it it did. I, and I also see what you mean about it being like the turning wanting to be what this was. And you're right. I, I definitely can see that. And it was a way better version of it. So, um, because that they, and, and like I was saying earlier too, like the pacing of it, I actually didn't mind. Like I get what you mean too, though, because it really, it did kind of jump a lot and they did focus in on things they shouldn't have, but for whatever reason, and maybe it's just because the story itself was intriguing enough. I didn't really feel like the pacing was that bad, but you're right. All the elements of it made it th- make me think like, yeah, I guess it probably wasn't paced well, but something about how they shot the movie really still kept me intrigued the whole time to where I didn't realize the pacing was off, you know? So for whatever reason, I didn't mind it, even though, those are things that usually bother me about pacing. So, um, yeah, I mean, there's, there's a lot of good and bad. It really is a very okay, fine movie, but, um, it it just had, it had potential to be more than what it was, I think. Yes. Um, no. And, and you're totally right with the whole gaslighting thing and everything like that, that, that all of that, 
was definitely there that that for sure is the movie and any and, and they give a lot of clues there was a literal gaslight in the film and everything like that and then the movie that they were watching is the thing which is kind of a movie where you know you can't trust the people the people next to you or the people around you might be the ones that you actually need to watch out for so that they did establish all those little clues in there but let me but i'll just give some things that i saw that just kind of made me buy into this whole salvation thing like if you go deeper i feel like there are elements in there because like you know she gets to the the grace gets to the house and uh, there's and obviously she's um a survivor and so she suffered from trauma so that's literally what's happening but i see all these things happening like she's looking at the picture of the nun and that kind of bothers her and then she's looking at the cross and you can tell these things are kind of bothersome to her her nose starts bleeding and all this and it's almost as if these religious emblems are are kind of she's rejecting them right when she's wandering kind of in the wilderness right she's wandering in the snow trying to get somewhere she comes upon this structure that looks like a cross and she can't get in you know she's trying to get in she can't get in there and is ultimately forced to come back her dog was kind of she said that she said she told that little story about the dog like well when Whenever I uh, stopped believing in that or I survived that, this dog was what made me turn everything around. I started focusing on him and it allowed me to kind of move on with my life, move past that. And it was almost like the dog had to die that that was almost like an idol you know what i mean like what they say and these idols that kind of keep you away from that path and then by the time you get to the end she sort of embraces this and yes in the story it's the gaslighting and it's the cult her embracing her old ways of the cult but really outwardly it kind of looks like this person who rejected all this religious stuff initially, but then embraces it and then ultimately is sitting down at the table with these kids and they're all kind of singing this song and almost in this sick sort of way she found her beliefs again and and that's all I'm saying it's just um something that I kind of have fun with just because there are all those elements there of her rejecting these things and then these things kind of coming back and the whole thing about repenting or you're 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 not going to find salvation unless you repent and all of this stuff and I just think it's a a fun theory to play with but no that that's all I meant by that whole uh salvation thing but no you I, but I totally agree with you like the the gaslighting and the brainwashing and the manipulating all of that was totally there and and that is definitely uh the like the the that's the skin of the film for sure and for me I I wouldn't necessarily say that the movie I don't know the the movie wasn't unsettling to me for like the way the kids were per se, because I mean, if you're going to have that type of movie where people are doing, you know, fucked up things, I mean, with a horror movie, it's, we've seen it all before. I mean, the first potentially, you know, sociopathic kids, this isn't the first time we've seen it. But I think for me, what was unsettling is the fact that like, 
I guess just the way everybody handled everything, you know, like, like you guys were saying, like this dad was just like, Oh, Hey family that obviously hates this woman. I'm just going to leave you alone for a few days. And like, I mean, I would kind of get it. I kind of get it whenever the kids are like, well, we don't like her. You should marry her. And that's like, I'm going to marry her anyway. I kind of get that. Like, you can't let your kids decide who the fuck you're going to get married to in that situation. But like, you can handle it with a little bit more tact in some of those instances, considering their mom did just kill herself. You don't have to be like, I don't care that your mom just killed herself. I'm going to marry this woman that you've never even met. Like, you have to ease people into those situations, especially whenever the kids are younger. It's not like they're all adults or too young to not, you know, too young to know any different. No, these are all kids that kind of know what's going on. You don't have to, you know, like that's just everything about that was handled completely wrong, especially because that like also I'm very confused about what that dad was as like for his job because he wrote a book on a cult and that's how he knew who that girl was. But then like, why did his job when he's like, oh, I can't come in. It's an emergency. Oh, I guess I'll come in for like four days right during Christmas. Like what job did he do? Just none of that made any sense to me. And I think some of the aimlessness, like the fact that the scene, these scenes would like present things or the movie would present things that were like incredibly fucked up and like mentally agonizing and all this other stuff. But you didn't always know what their purpose was with it. It did feel like they were just going through psychological torture for the sake of psychological torture. Like, I don't know, maybe I missed it in one of the flashbacks or when they were talking about that cult or something like that. She was just utterly obsessed with fucking up her knees to repent. And I don't know why. That made no sense whatsoever. When she's like, oh, I'm going to burn my knees off. Or then like before that, when she's crawling around in the snow on her knees. Like that specific act of, oh, I'm going to damage my knees just seemed counterproductive to anything. And there, there, there didn't seem to be any basis to it, but it seemed ritualistic. You know what I mean? It seemed like it was meant to be ritualistic, but there was no basis. We saw no hint of a ritual like that. And it also makes no sense to have a ritual like that. When the whole point is to like pray on your knees, why would you fuck up your knees? That makes no sense. Like, I know that they hinted that that cult, yes, there was a suicide cult and all this other stuff. And but they didn't hint that they were really torturous other than she had like that, that mark on her hand, that scar on her hand. But like, or maybe I missed it. I don't know. I just, I don't really remember there being anything to show that this was the type of cult that was like, oh, it's severe amounts of pain and suffering is the only way to gain salvation. But that was all the behavior that she was presenting. And I just felt like there should have been some tiebacks to that. If you were going to do that, like have some flashbacks, have, the kids read an art when they were reading the shit, how they were like, oh, they were torturing their children. You know, like something like that. Oh, and also that scene with like the 90 billion fucking snow angels was dumb. That was just dumb. I didn't like it. I just thought that I didn't like that. The scene with what? All the 90 billion snow angels. Oh, yeah. I think that was just dumb. But like, I don't know. It just some of those aspects. It just didn't feel cohesive. And I guess that's why it felt unsettling to me, because whenever it just felt like the filmmakers were kind of doing some of that stuff. Just to be like, yeah, that's how fucked up it is with no basis and no real way to connect that to things. So it's just film. It's just writers and filmmakers going, yeah, fucked up in this for the sake of fucked up in this. Don't get me wrong. There's way worse examples of that. And yes, I'm talking about you, Circus of the Dead. But within the context of this movie, 
it still kind of did the same thing. And that's unsettling to the degree of it really is just it, it, it's just them trying to do something psychologically torturous just for the sake of them saying, yeah, that's some fucked up shit, man. And I don't see the point in that. And also, I just don't like in movies where people hear a recording and they think it's an actual person. I just, uh, they got to stop doing that in movies, like where they just, they play a recording of something and then the person thinks, which is funny. We were talking about Home Alone because it does happen in Home Alone. You know, keep the change, you filthy animal. And then oh they kind of were able. And or then all they the kind of were. the talk boy in Home Alone 2. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, I mean,. I mean, by now, I mean, you just know what a recording sounds like when you hear it, you know, it's just, it's too distinct, like to, to trick someone. So I don't know, like maybe if that was better executed, but I just get tired of seeing that. It's just such a, it's a cliche and I get it. Like, oh, the recording he made, that made him think that this man was telling him that, but it really wasn't him. It was a recording. But I mean, who falls for that? So I just had to say that like i think they got to stop doing that maybe if she was drugged still or they were constantly drugging her or if she was disoriented or i mean maybe you could argue because of her psychological condition she fell for it but i don't know man i just i just don't know if that's enough for me for that situation well no i i get that Justin. i think you can argue that the movie her psychological condition and being off her meds and stuff like that, I think does give credence to where the movie can pass with that. Where it doesn't pass it though, is what the audience hears. It shouldn't have passed Mm. with what the audience heard. Like all the way back to that recording of that guy, when they pulled up that link, you know, because the way you get somebody to believe a recording, you have to have professional gear. You legitimately do. You have to have a professional, like voice over mic, professional software, professional everything professional soundproof booth to get it to where it legitimately just sounds like a human voice. Mm -hmm. You do. I mean, we've got some really nice gear now and it's still not 100% what you would call like in person accurate. And so with that, like there's, there was be a lot to go into that, but like they, they fucking filmed that shit on like a handy cam. Yeah. (laughs) That it would not, it would not sound crystal clear at all. It would sound like garbage. And, and that shit was just fucking pristine fucking audio. There's not a single handheld <laughs> consumer grade camera that's got a microphone that doesn't sound like fucking shit. Like we live in the age of technology now. Why can't a fucking cell phone not sound like garbage all the time? Like my fucking my fucking phone can do anything in the fucking world except sound not like a cell phone when you talk to somebody. Still hadn't figured that out. Can do everything else in the damn world. Can't not sound like a cell phone though. <laughs> like it's 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 it, like a handy cam is gonna be any different. Man, there was like one of those fucking cameras that shot like straight to a VHS tape or some garbage like that. That audio is gonna be fucking wrecked. Like, have you ever seen a home movie that sounded good ever? Never. Exactly. And that's what that shit was, you know. And I get what you're saying. Like, this really is to the point to like at this point. All right, I'm nitpicking way too far. But like, it's like what you said, Justin, it's when the movie makes me stop suspending my disbelief. Why not fucking call that out then? That's just as reasonable as the cell phone not turning off quickly enough. Like, that's something that legitimately bar- like bothered me when it was an actual point in the movie. 
And you could even argue that maybe that was a dummy cell phone and all this other stuff. And that was just to fuck with the lady for that one time. And it was never on. That can be an argument. And I can totally buy that. Except when the fuck was she talking to her dad? If she was just talking to her dad oh so much over the last couple of days. And like, why wouldn't the dad go, oh, let me talk to Grace. And why would the dad not think something is wrong with every single time he says that to that girl over the numerous times they've talked over the last couple of days, apparently. And the daughter kept saying, oh, no, J- Grace is doing this. Grace is doing that. Why wouldn't he think maybe I should go check on them? Because Grace is magically not available. Like, my daughter is obviously not letting me talk to my fiance. That's not a good thing. So we should, like, I should maybe go check that out. That's a great point. Where were his instincts? Like, you would think that, yes, you're leaving your kids with this woman and everything. And I think they knew of her, but they, but, but, you know, they, they might've had small interactions with her, but nothing big like this. So you think that he would just have some instincts about those things like, oh, well, how come my daughter always picks up, but Grace isn't picking up? You know, why wasn't he suspicious? He wasn't even the least bit suspicious. When we finally saw him again, he was just like, hey, you know, I'm (laughs) I bought my way. It just he just didn't seem he just didn't seem suspicious of much at all. And and you just would have thought that if, yeah, like if they were having all these conversations, he would have had some instincts about it, or there would have been some doubts. Like he would, he should have been like, look, I know this is going to be hard. So I'm going to have to check on him more. You know, I'm going to have to make, I'm going to call more and make sure that things are okay because this is a volatile kind of situation. I'm putting my kids in, but you just didn't, get that sense from him at all so yeah i get what you're saying no i agree i agree with that do you guys have any more thoughts about this movie no nope i'm good all right before we end this go ahead heather sing a song sing sing your song i won't cut you off this time because now i'm curious because you said you actually thought of one curious i want to know what it was (laughs) oh my um okay so the thing again was a song about how we terribly did an impression of you, right? Something like that? Yes. Okay. Um, my song was going to be, I did it my way. I thought that was a pretty good one. Boo. You still would have lost. <laughs> okay. Well, thank you for giving me the opportunity to lose then. Yes. I, I should have at least given you the opportunity to lose. I guess then on that note, guys, thank you guys for listening to this episode of the Cinema Slayers podcast. Check us out on the internet at cinemaslayers.com. Check us out on uh, Facebook at Cinema Slayers podcast. Check us out on Twitter and Instagram at cinema underscore slayers. Uh, we are very much nearing episode 100 and we are going to do like a Q&A type of thing with that. We, were, we are going to be asking each other questions and all this other stuff to kind of just let you guys better get to know us in general because you guys have been on this ride with us for a very long time at this point, like over two years now of doing this. So. You know, send us questions. You can message us on Facebook. You can email us at similarslayerspodcast at gmail.com. You can message us individually if you know us. Just hit us up. Let us know what you think uh, Like, might be interesting. And Nothing's really off limits. Like, if you know you want to be like, hey, Sterling, what's your favorite tennis shoe? I'll be like, yeah, Adidas Superstars. So anything like that, just if it's a crazy question, like that's vastly inappropriate. All right, we're not going to ask that and or answer it. But you know, just send us questions. It'll be uh, be just a little fun thing. Let you, you know, get to know us a little bit better in general. 
with a lot of that stuff. And uh, we do have a tattoo, and I will be putting that up on, on the Facebook. We'll put that up so you guys can see it. I haven't gotten the tattoo yet, but we do have a tattoo design. And came down to it, we were just like, nope, this is it. Because it came in, it was great, it's fucking fantastic. It is a voodoo shark, if I've ever fucking seen one. And so we'll put that up, and when I get it tattooed, we'll do some videos of that. And then we'll put up some, you know, pictures of the fucking finalized tattoo and stuff once I get that done. You know, because in Illinois, tattoo shops are not open yet. So we do have to wait. And uh, other than that, guys, just remember, as always, because Justin didn't say this the last three episodes, or Heather, according to Justin, Moon Knight is the best picture winner. Oh, I should have said that at the end of those other episodes. I really should have. Sterling, 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 sing me, sing, sing me a song.